welcome to the Great Exposure Podcast. I am your host, Tanner Sigfort, owner of a booking agency called Groove Booking. I created this podcast to feature all of the incredible artists I work with, and through our conversations, getting to know them, plus providing info on the music industry. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hold on. Everything's recording. Oh, God. But I'll I'll okay with with what goes in. Okay. So if you have any deep dark secrets that you need to get out now, you know, it's like a therapy couch. Oh jeez. Groove booking is actually just a therapy company. <laughs> it would make so much more sense now. I'd make so much more money. <sighs> yeah, maybe. But then I have to deal with insurance. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to do that. No. Yeah. Because, well, my therapist only takes cash now. Uh, I'm like, smart. It's on my list today. Make therapy appointment as soon as I get home. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you uh, a, a frequent? No. Oh, okay. That's why I need to go make the appointment today. <laughs> Is this like your first dive into therapy? No. Okay. Um, But it's been years. Okay. And it's time. It's, uh... It's interesting that I feel like people, it's obviously way more uh, talked about, I don't want to say accepted, but I mean, certainly I like, say that like sure. your boomer age is kind of like therapy. I oh, didn't yeah. go to therapy, you know, but that's my parent. That has been my parents. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. They like, it had such a huge stigma around it. And I was the one in my family that's like. We like it would help if people went to therapy and like it's not scary, it's not negative. Mm -hmm. Like, what an awesome resource to have! And like, you don't have to lean on people that you love to help you. Maybe you need a professional who is better equipped. And like, it's just, I think it's a win, yeah, win win. I mean, the key word there is professional, yes. (laughs) Like, just talking to your friends, it's like not the same. I mean, I think talk, talking to anybody can be considered therapy. Yeah. Um, close friends and family and just like therapy to me can be anything as far as deep conversation goes because mm-hmm. I make pretty large realizations about myself by just sharing and just being an open book. Mm-hmm. Like any podcast to me is it's therapy. Like it doesn't, but it doesn't always mean that like I'm going to therapy for I'm depressed or I have anxiety. Like, yes, that's a thing. And I have those, but you know, I, or I struggle with those, but, but it's also like, I talk about business a lot with my therapist Mm -hmm. and things that I'm struggling with on a professional Uh, business side and advice that she has and they talk to people all day long that's what they're good at Mm -hmm. so you should be able to talk to them about anything at all well yeah and they're also saying yes there's an exchange of you know money or whatever versus if you're just offloading on like your friend all the time they can get super overwhelmed not calling anyone out in particular, <laughs> but just in general, I have a very, I'm a people pleaser to the extreme. So I've just learned Same. like, bound, like my family didn't know the word boundaries existed 
you know, until like a couple of years ago. And it's just yeah. like, um, the boundaries thing is massive. Yes. And that flows really well into what we do for a career. It's hard for us to say no. And then you get usually burnt out. Mm-hmm. jaded mm-hmm. <laughs> but the but the problem is is that it's hard to say no when there's money on the table yeah and you're you know playing music and everyone's like oh it's just isn't it just fun all the time <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you're like uh, uh-huh is it no. even really is it even really a job can you really say that you know but it, Girl, it's, i'm sounding real jaded Jeez. no but i'm i'm right there with you but, yeah. that, but that's also why I started Groove Booking was because I, I knew that I couldn't specifically play drums four or five nights a week and be as happy as I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, by no means am I saying that like, oh, you solo artists have it so easy. I don't. I don't think yeah. that at all. But I think I would be... Um, a little bit happier in different ways if I had another outlet to perform. Mm-hmm. Like when I started DJing a lot, that was at least another avenue for me to have. And it just mixed things up enough to where it was oh, like, totally. oh, this is fun. It, it did make it fun again. And it kept it from feeling like a job. I love side hustles. Yeah. Side quests. Well, but see, my wife thought, she was like, this is just a hobby you're getting into. And I was like, I think you know me well enough to, to know that if I get into something, there's probably going to be monetary <laughs> return. <Yeah. laughs> um, and now that's like a huge part of my yearly living is nice. DJing, which is fucking wild to say. That's awesome. But it is. Um, so, so like f- for you playing guitar and, and singing and, mm-hmm. and doing that, I'm sure... I mean, is there a big difference to you from, I I would say probably yes, from playing like original stuff as opposed to just a cover gig? Uh, Yeah, totally different. I actually have stopped playing originals at the cover gigs, like almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. There's like maybe two or three that all pop in sometimes, um, but that just helps me separate it in my head. So it's a whole different thing. Right. Um, and I love the cover gigs and I have been learning like a bunch of new songs every week and I get super into it, but it's just helped me kind of separate because when I'm doing the original songs, it's like it's way more emotionally vulnerable for me and it's hard to do those songs sometimes in like a, a corner of a restaurant. And like, so I, I used to do that. I used to play a lot of originals during, you know, cover gigs and just it felt it just didn't feel good. So when I stopped doing that, I've actually had like way more fun and like a lot of the pressure's off and then it can mm-hmm. just kind of be like, you know, entertainment mode versus like the vulnerable singer-songwriter give and take kind of thing that I would want at an original show. Is right. like that that audience interaction um which you still get at the cover gigs, but it's just it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It's less, it's less like intimate sometimes. That's a good word for it because if, if I was going out and playing solo gigs or it doesn't even matter, but just 
gigs in general as a songwriter and as an artist, which I, I have hopes to mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, I talked about this on the last podcast, but I have a nasal surgery coming up that I think is really going to help me with the consistency of my singing voice. Okay. And then I would consider going and doing solo gigs just nice. just to challenge myself. Yeah. I've done a few, but, but I would love to start um, sharing originals that if I actually complete them... <laughs> Cause I'm definitely like a verse chorus guy. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't know what else to write. You need a partner in crime that just swoops in and is like, here's a little bridge. I Done. Know. Or just uh, chat GPT. Nice. Ooh, I haven't tried that yet. Okay. Before we get back to this <laughs> sidebar, <laughs> I wanted to test that the other day and I, I forget the topic, but it was some like, you know, emotional topic. And I was like, I want to see what they write. They, it, it, <laughs> So I type in this prompt and I'm like, write me a song about whatever it was. It was pretty profound. Yeah. Like, I really didn't like it. It was very scary to think that in a matter of three seconds, it's like, done. And it says verse, chorus, bridge. If I think too much about chat GPT, I get very just like the, I don't know. It feels gross. It feels kind of gross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I went on this whole deep dive the other day on Reddit being like, should we be afraid of AI? And most people's answers were in tech. And they were like, you kind of have to adapt to it. Like, don't don't think about it as it's its its own brain. Like somebody created the code for it to be able to respond. But That that is the realist response. Because it's yeah. it's not going anywhere. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, I mean, unless you had some government leader that was like, we're shutting it down, which, how are you going to do that? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying about being an artist, though? Um, uh, playing original gigs or original yeah. songs in general. I'm assuming it's disheartening when you play a Harry Styles song and people are like, oh my gosh, that's a clap, 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 right? However, usually in... No, I love that. Do you? Oh my God, yes. Okay. Like the Montauk, when I play like the 90s jams and there's like two tables of 20 people like singing along, like that is like, ugh. I live for those moments. Okay, It's good. just to me, it's completely, it's just two completely different things. But I, but what I was going to compare it to is that if then you mm. back it up with an original song and everybody's like, nothing. And, and that's only because they mm-hmm. don't know it. Yes. So logical brain in my head realizes that emotional sensitive artist part of me is like, ouch. So yes, it's not like people just wouldn't respond, but it's just not the same. Right. And like for me, songwriting is like, I've just been through a lot. With songwriting, so these newer songs I have are just like, it's they're hard for me to play, period. I just have always had a hard time with that. So it just, it was too much emotional energy for me to like keep being brave. Because mm-hmm. I gig so much when it's busy season. It's just like, I just like it. I want it to be easy breezy. And so I just don't, I don't play the vulnerable emotional stuff. And then I'm way happier. <laughs> but it's funny because... Popular songs are typically, unless it's like Happy by Pharrell, yeah, but are vulnerable and 
emotional songs. Yes, but it's not my life that I'm singing about. No, I get that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess Watermelon Sugar yeah. isn't vulnerable. Guys, I should learn that one, I guess. I'm just using Harry Styles as an example. But Is that your favorite song? No. Watermelon Sugar. <laughs> that is not my favorite song. <laughs> I think it's a good song. Uh, There's Watermelon Sugar in this color-changing mood cup. You're good. It is. It is a. I don't you think it's can't mood. See. We could do ASMR. <laughs> That's a whole other avenue I can go down and maybe make I money. I want to do off. an ASMR podcast. Just so bad. Do you really? Yes. Me and my best friend always do it on accident, and then we just start giggling really hard. But it's like, it just seems so fun. Because you have to have a very specific microphone for that, don't you? Mm, I don't know. Oh. That might be really nice. Did that just... Did that pick up? Did that just boost your... No. Blow the speakers? No, definitely not. Um, I think if you... I feel like you can get mics really affordably now. And even some of those um, that are like directional, you can adjust if it's like only picking up sound from the front or the front and the back. So I think as long as you just have it directionally set to pick up the stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think ASMR is attainable these days on a budget. My my TikTok al- algorithm. Every ten videos, I come across a live video, and it's is it the wooden soup? <laughs> no, have you not seen that one? No. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> Please explain. Uh, um, it's usually like a dim room with lots of twinkly lights and sparkles, and like I think a very low ambient music in the background. But it's a big wooden bowl full of water and wooden like big wooden beads and wooden blocks and they're stirring it with a wooden spoon oh but it's usually no it sounds really nice okay it's like wood on wood like in water so that the part that you might not like is i feel like there's usually a different puppet every time stirring it i'm out (laughs) i'm super out you're not a puppet person not a puppet person not even like sesame street come on maybe sock puppet Okay. Sock puppet's fun. It's like a wizard puppet. There was like a dragon one time. Totally up my alley. Um, but you, just this, you can just close your eyes and that's the whole point is just the sound of the wood and the, it's, uh, it's nice. But you don't know it's a puppet doing it if you're closing your eyes. You're right. It makes it less fun. Eh, yeah. So you could find a wooden bowl stirred by a human. Maybe that's what you okay. search. Okay. Be careful with that. <laughs> it's the don't, internet. <laughs> don't use specific keywords in Google. It is Google. the internet. You're like, this... Take this advice with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, is there any ASMR? Uh, a- what does that stand for? Audio sensory? Sounds right so far. Mm, I don't know. ASMR. Auditory sensory. Hold on. I got it. Where's my internet? Mind response. I'm guessing. Okay. That was a guess. Okay. Hold on. But it seems plausible. <laughs> okay. M is the only one you had wrong. Oh, no. You had. Wait, what? It's autonomous sensory uh, meridian response. Okay. That's pretty close. Autonomous? Autonomous. Does that just mean it's like an invol? I think I read it's like an involuntary uh, okay. reaction. So that's why it's become so popular. Is it's um, like 
it's effortless. You just listen to the sounds and like it causes like a physical reaction that you cannot control, which is relaxing. Is it kind of like, I um, think that's what it means in therapy. There's this thing that you hold these like buzzers. Yeah. What's that called? That's another Isn't acronym. That sensory something? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, I still have to make my therapy appointment today. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking the wrong person. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> be like, hey, so can we use ASMR for therapy? Uh, a term used to describe a tingling, static-like, or goosebump sensation in response to specific triggering audio or visual stimuli. Cool. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has anything to do with eating in the mouth, I'm out. That's like a specific subset of ASMR. of ASMR. Not into it. And there's like the eating trend where it's like a mukbang or something. Mukbang. Mukbang. Which is the grossest term I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not into that. But yes, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. That's like chewing certain foods. Like the frozen honey trend. Unfortunately, I've seen that. Ugh. How do we end up on a TikTok trend rabbit hole? Because TikTok is running our lives. That's true. Because it it knows you better than you know yourself. It's true. If you're on if you're on a video that you don't want to see, you better swipe real quick. I if- realized that. <laughs> oh my god! I just redownloaded TikTok like six months ago. Have unsuccessfully been posting on it regularly, but I have. It is insane. To see the algorithm like react in real time to your habits, like yeah. it's crazy, very impressive, a little bit unsettling. I mean, it's some sort of AI, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's all just one mega AI. I mean, kind of. Mega. Mega. <laughs> <laughs> well, because isn't it supposed to be like an ex- <laughs> an extension of yourself? TikTok or like no the- AI. Maybe maybe oh, um, I guess I've always been like, not scared of robots. That sounds really silly, but like, I won't, I don't like, I would never want a Roomba in my house. I don't have an Alexa or like, I just, I don't know. I'm very like low, low tech lifestyle. So I would have no cell phone if I could. Oh my gosh. Same. I can't imagine like waking up and being like, oh, I, I don't have anything to look at. I went on a rant to my mom like two days ago about like when I was in when I was in middle school, texting didn't exist and nobody ever expected anyone to be immediately available. And so like, why do now? Why do I have to be immediately available? Like this technology did not exist 20 years ago. Like I was just I wasn't super upset, but I was just like it just it really grinds my gears sometimes. Um, yeah, because it's yeah. instant yeah. gratification, mm-hmm. and I mean, they have kind of proven that it's like a, it's like the same responses to like drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. which... But even just from like a business perspective, like just, you know, having to be tied to just res- like responding so quick on stuff or sometimes you know you lose opportunities if you're not Don't like drag me under the bus I'm not dragging you into the, under anything buses whatever <laughs> but that's just like the nature of the 
And it's also the nature of the industry I chose to work yeah. in is like you got to be on it. And that's with every every venue, every gig, like original band shows, we get an offer, offer to open for an amazing band. Like you got to jump on this stuff. So it's really hard to be unavailable in the music industry because everything moves very quickly and you're always trying to, you know, promote the next thing usually. So mm-hmm. it's just hard, but that's where boundaries come in. And if I can get away with it, I just try to tell people, like I try to treat the business side of it as like a nine to five. So like, I'm probably not going to respond to you at night or over the weekend unless it's like an emergency. Good. And I try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. But. Yeah. I mean, you know, what actually helped me a lot, which is this seems counterintuitive. But when I got an Apple watch. Let me explain. Okay. <laughs> I will see a text come through. And I'll read it real quick. Mm-hmm. And if it's not something that I need to respond to right away. Okay. At least I know. Mm-hmm. But when you just have a buzz on your phone, once you have your phone out and you've checked it, mm-hmm. well, now you're in the mode of like, yeah. I can just respond real quick. And it really did change how I went about uh, just texting anybody back. Um, emails. Because now it's way easier to be like, I'd see it come through through on my watch and I go, okay, I can read the first line or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds important. I'll respond as soon as I can. Oh, that doesn't sound important. Well, now it's just going to stay unread until I get to it. Yeah. You know? Um, so in a weird way, that's actually helped me a lot. Um, but But I've also gotten bad about like, I won't text somebody back for like a couple days sometimes if I just don't have the mindset to accurately respond. See, look, I have a call coming in. Speak of the devil. Hung up. Get on the iPhone train. (laughs) I don't have an iPhone. Are you still Android? Yes. That was a facial response. I will be Android forever just for everyone who's ever given me crap for not having an iPhone. Including everyone in both bands I'm in and my boyfriend. So You are the green text bubble. I oh I know. Haley yeah. Green, proud. Oh. <laughs> I haven't even introduced you Let yet. Let me turn that into a branding opportunity. I was just thinking, I'm like, are we at some point gonna like record an intro and like cut it to the beginning? Because we nope. just never so This is Haley like, Green. It's an, an amoebus conversation. And uh 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 twenty five minutes into the podcast, welcome to Great Exposure. Hey. I'm your host, Dum Dum. This is Haley Green. What's up? Um, what's your favorite shade of green? Um, oh, shoot. I don't know, because my favorite shade of blue is cerulean. Oh. Which is my favorite color. I haven't thought about my favorite shade of green. How have you not thought about this? Oh, geez. Probably like sage green. Okay. Or forest green. I think this is my favorite green. What's like sagey kind of sagey. Right? Yeah. It's like olivey, or is that Ooh, gray? Maybe olive. This is gray. Okay. Charcoal. Yeah, I was like a giant crayon box <laughs> child, so like I memorized like all the f- weird colors. That's important. So. My wife, being an interior designer, <gasps> Ooh. bought this color board game, and it has like 
every shade of every color imaginable. I would like that. And so it gives you like B15 and then you have to try to... No, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gives you a shade of color and they're like very close. Mm-hmm. Like very tiny squares and there's like a thousand of them. Is it like Pantone them. colors? Yeah, I think so. <gasps> oh my gosh. And so then it'll, so you draw a card and it tells you like on this graph thing, it's like B15, right? And it's like the color of, it's like a very specific like stops, uh, stop light or traffic light green. Robin's egg blue. What is that? Mac and cheese orange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Bubble gum pink. You get, you get the gist. Kelly but like, green. So, what? Grass green. Kelly green? Yes. What's Kelly green? Kelly green is like the classic, like primary, not because green isn't a primary color, but it's like the bright really? green, like grassy green, Kelly green. It should be Haley green. You're right. I will petition this. <laughs> Godspeed. Um, so yeah, that's a really uh, frustrating game. I will be following up with your people after this podcast to okay. acquire the name of that game I I because I would enjoy that. I have no people. It, yeah, I'll have my, my people. My team. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. During business hours because boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's 501, there's no chance. Absolutely not. It's really funny in my line of work in the agency sort of deal. And maybe the same thing with you, but I am, I'm an early riser. I try to get everything done in the morning and then I'm like, I just want to do whatever the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works because usually my work, my work is very much like send an email, wait for a response Mm -hmm. and I can't do anything until then. Mm -hmm. But what I've really found is for some odd reason, the majority of <laughs> dog scratching at the door. Let me in. Uh, the majority of the emails from clients come in around four o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm done in like yep. an hour or two. Okay. Like I've been at this since eight thirty nine AM and I've been waiting all day. I'm out. But then I feel bad. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, and then you can tell, you know, is this urgent or can it just wait until tomorrow morning? I think my biggest, like, pat myself on the back is when people, because this happens a lot, they're mm-hmm. like, thanks so much for your response time. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot with accepting or declining gigs, but sometimes with, like, more generic emails, I'm just kind of like, eh. Well, yeah. Do you get the same response declining? <laughs> like well, a, yeah. Or? Like, no. Oh, I'll tell people immediately. Usually, if I can't do something, well, I guess I respond immediately no matter what with gigs. But like, yeah. at least with that, because then, you know, whoever is trying to get a musician in the door has to find someone else. True so enough. I try to be like extra, extra fast with mm-hmm. like, nope, can't do it. Because then they know immediately to, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they're waiting on your response if you're the first choice to go find somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense. Yeah, because, I mean, I've definitely had some times where it's like, hey, we really prefer this artist or DJ, and they don't respond for, like, hours. Mm. And they're like, hey, just checking in. I'm like, what do you want me to do, track them down? Yeah. Like, 
I guess I have y'all's addresses from W9s. Send a carrier pigeon. <laughs> I would love that. Me too. Yeah. How do like you train a, a pigeon lovebird? Oh. There's um, a lot of native lovebirds in Tempe randomly. I don't know if you knew about that. I don't know what is a lovebird. They're like the rainbow sherbet birds. What? Are they Where? a pigeon? No. Oh my god. Hold no. On. They're like Hold on. They're like a <laughs> How many times have you Googled stuff during this conversation? Um, lovebirds are like domesticated, like, like little parakeets. Birds. Like kind of like parakeets. Totally different markings, though. Yeah. But I don't know if the camera can see this, but yeah. um, they're very cute. Yeah, very very cute. There you go. They there's, are very cute. There's wild ones in Tempe. You know, there's actually wild ones in uh, around a golf course in Mesa. I remember because yeah. my friend used to live there. They're very cute. I'm not a bird person, really. I'm not afraid of birds. I just don't know if I could own a bird. Do you own birds? No, because I have two dogs and two cats, so that would not Not. be welcome. Nope. I had a couple parakeets when I was a kid. And, you know, I don't know. I wish I had a bird that, like, loved to be snuggled. (laughs) But I also... Birds are very high maintenance. They're very loud. They're high maintenance? Yes. What do they need? They need, like, very specific... Like temperate environments, and like they are very loud and very vocal. Some of them, and just like I don't know, they're just they're more work than a cat, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can like escape. Like you can't like I don't know. Just it would stress me out to own a bird. Yeah, whenever I see like, because I've definitely seen this before, uh, paper flyers on mailboxes like lost parrot. I'm like, yo. Well, parrots live for gone. like, th- I think more than like 30 years, like their lifespan's crazy. Macaws are like, yeah, I think it's 90 to one something. That is more accurate. It's like a turtle. Yeah. It's just a huge Tortoise. investment. But every time I am out in the wilderness and there's birds, I always like hold a hand up with like a finger out, like a little perch and try and whistle. And I'm eventually someday. Are you zero for a thousand? There is going to be a bird that lands on my hand. Just, I'm convinced. Seagulls, you'll have no problem. Oh. If you hold a sandwich up in the air. Personal I don't experience. Know if that's like the, that's what I'm looking for. I Personal like experience. A little, just like a little bluebird in the forest. It's not happening. I will let you know when it happens. Are you Cinderella? Is that Cinderella? Bro. I don't even remember. <laughs> What? Snow White? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My wife will hate me for that one. Yeah. I don't know movies. Uh I'm terrible with them. Mm -hmm. Cinderella probably had bird. Cinderella had bird. (laughs) Cinderella had mice. (laughs) I don't know. I guess there were birds that helped make her um, her dress for the ball. See, now I'm picturing the whole animated scene. Yeah. Yeah. Disney princesses in general... Yes, had various forest creatures. So I guess what we are uncovering during this podcast is I just want to be a Disney princess in the forest. Okay. With a horde of animals. If you do enough please, psychedelics. Can we please let the dogs in. It may happen. Please. <laughs> we can totally let the dogs in. This is a great um, moment for a commercial break. Okay. We'll be back after my dogs destroy you. <laughs> My name is Brian Chartrand. I am a singer-songwriter based in Phoenix, Arizona. 
and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called So the Story Goes. This podcast was started a couple years ago uh, just so I could connect with creatives and to see how they were staying creative during the pandemic. Obviously, we have evolved beyond that, uh, which is great. I'm having really fun conversations uh, with musicians, but also just, you know, generally creative people, people in the industry. And I love having these conversations, how you're staying creative, what you're doing, uh, what's happening. So if you love music, if you love creative people, <laughs> uh, please check out my podcast. It's called So The Story Goes. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. And I'm super stoked for Tanner who is doing an incredible podcast called Great Exposure. Not only is Tanner a great booking agent, but he is a really compelling podcaster. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Tanner. Appreciate you, buddy. I work with Tanner as a musician here in town when I'm not on the road, and I love what he does. I love the podcast. Check out So The Story Goes. Hope to see you on the road. Welcome back to Great Exposure. We have let dogs in. Haley's in love and taking my dog home. Don't tempt me. <laughs> she is what a cute. the most lovable dog I might have ever had, which Hi, is baby. saying something when you have a golden. Yeah. I think I'm just going to rename this podcast to, I don't know. Music and dogs. I love that. I would listen to that. Music. Subscribe. Business subscribe. with dogs. Therapy dog biz <laughs> chat. The dog therapy couch. Great There's a lot of avenues. To dogs and music talk. <laughs> dog exposure. <laughs> okay. Off they go. All right. Okay. Bye. We're just being be brave, back. leaving the store open now. We, the, we broke the seal. They know you're here, so they're going to scratch now. Okay. Yeah. All I th right. I'm trying to just fully embrace the dog thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just chaos. Like, how much barking does the mic pick up? I don't know. I mean, I don't care. I'm A just little curious. bit. Yeah, but so please keep walking under ASMR the tripod. microphones. Are you good? Oof. Yeah. Big cough. Okay. Um... Focusing. As far as your original career. Yes. What are you doing? Well. That, but that was actually, that sounded rude how I said that. What are you doing? No, but like. I'm so, obviously <laughs> I'm not posting enough on social media since you don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I recorded a five song EP last October, which okay. I blinked and now it's almost October again. Um. So we did five songs. We set up a kind of, it wasn't mobile studio, but we set up a remote studio at the Roberto Venn Luthieri School downtown, um, which is where you learn to build guitars for anyone that's not familiar with Luthieri. You told me that that's what your boyfriend does, correct? Mm -hmm. That's such a if you specific ever, talent. Yes. And if you ever want to take a tour of the school, you should go down there. It is, it's really cool. Um, so we essentially, uh, we did everything live in one room, which was really special. And I think it came through 
like the energy comes through on the songs. Um, so I am trying to release that whole thing before the end of the year. I'm trying to kind of figure that out. Um, but we have two singles and I just put my first music video out like two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, slowly but surely. It's my first original project with a whole band in many years. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so as far as when you play shows Mm -hmm. how do you go about getting opening act gigs and renting out i don't know if you have to rent out a space for if your original band you want them to play How, how does that work um with booking um i'm usually pretty lucky i've been in the scene i started playing open mics 20 years ago okay in cave creek um and I've just been in the scene for a really long time um, and just built relationships with, you know, booking agents and right. venue staff and other bands in town. Um, so it's usually just kind of getting reached out to like, hey, I think you'd be a good fit for this show. OK. Otherwise, my advice would be to, you know, look at like the Crescent Ballroom calendar and see if there's something we would be a good fit on. Then we would like reach out to Crescent. And like try and get on the show. So you never reach out to the band that's playing. Um, if it's a national national touring act, um, we usually reach out to the local booking agent. Okay. Yeah. So um, so there is like a and and I really didn't know this because I'm so now far removed from the original side of things because mm-hmm. I'm just I don't want to say just but I am just booking for local restaurants and mm-hmm. resorts and stuff like that. Yeah, and it and it is different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there is like a specific booking agent for Crescent and maybe a specific one for Van Buren, but those are the same company owners? Um, yes. And, oh my gosh, cut this part out that I can't remember the name of the company. But it's like, it's usually like the promotion company. So it's like, what is there? Danny's Lisco Presents, Stateside. Right. Like whatever. So you would reach out to like whoever's the like promotional booking company that's putting that show on. Like mm-hmm. that's who you'd reach out to. Okay. Unless you have a connect with the national touring band and then they can like put in the good word. Right. But it all that really comes ideal. down to the booking agent for yeah. that venue. Yeah. So okay. then they would like submit us to the touring manager and like see if they can get it approved. So that's okay. kind of how we try to get opening spots. Um, and then what, did you say something about renting space, like rehearsal space? No, I, I more meant like if you were going to, if you wanted to be your own headlining show for, let's say, mm-hmm. Rhythm Room. Okay. Is that like a pay to Bentley play? from Snailmate, who's in charge of all the booking there. Shout out okay. to the homies. <laughs> <laughs> love, well, so like, love the Rhythm Room. Yeah, I mean, because I've, I've played like a CD release um, at Rock Bar. Yeah. But I don't know. But it was like open to the public. Also, and that's, the homies love Rock Bar. Yeah, Rock yeah. Bar's great. That was actually my first time I'd ever played there. And that oh, was only nice. like... I love them. Last year, I think. Um, do you know Kyle Phelan? Um, or of I, Kyle? Yes. I don't... It gets... Yeah. yeah. It's so funny with like the... The scene here is like we all know who each other are. Right. We rarely see each other in person. Yeah. So when you do like run into someone in the wild, it's like, wait, I've heard your, I've heard your name so many times and seen your face on all of these flyers and stuff. But like, yeah. So I don't think I've met him, but I know who he is. Yeah. So I, I played a 
was a CD release or a welcome back to town sort of thing. But yeah, it was a rock bar. But I've always just wondered, like, if you're going to host your own show, mm-hmm. is that a rent situation or you're selling tickets? Um, it just, it all depends on the venue. Okay. Um, so there's usually options to either take a cut of like the bar if it's a free show mm-hmm. or sell tickets. Um, and then if there's, you know, room rental fees to cover security and door staff and sound techs, like that's, um, it just depends on like the venue. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I was going to say that when I used to play at... Wasted grain. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. When it Martini was Martini Ranch, Ranch. Yes. yeah. Uh, Martini Ranch. Do you remember like the clubhouse? Oh my gosh! Yes, I like lived at the clubhouse yeah. in high school. Was it? Do you, you remember? You could get in under twenty. You could get in under eighteen. And could then you? there was well maybe specific yes. shows. Yeah, I went to okay. lots of like ska reggae shows there. Like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like every gig that I played there was, uh, we were like kind of post-emo hardcore. What was the band? A, s- <laughs> a Slight Discretion. Hmm. That was my first band I was ever in when I was like 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, but especially like the clubhouse and stuff, because we played there constantly that, you know, they'd give you like the laminated tickets mm-hmm. and you're like... I'm 12. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to sell tickets to friends. Nobody has money. Yeah, that's like, ridiculous. what are you going to do? You know? So then it was that whole thing where did, did they used to make you show up way before showtime? Like, I remember, like, oh, you guys are going to be on, you know, you're the, you're the, like, for sound check. Yeah, but it was like they, they used to try to put like eight or 10 bands on a bill. And it was like, backline, 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 backline. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, can you hear it at noon? <laughs> <laughs> and then you sat around for three hours and then sound checked. And then you didn't go until eight. Like, I had a lot of those. Yeah, over the years, we've pretty much, any situation you can imagine, we have run into <laughs> yeah. over the years. So, Clubhouse, yeah. RIP, though. I know. Because, yeah, I, I still live right by there, so I drive past it a lot, and I'm just always like, mm. Is it just that, empty? That and the sail-in. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, we could go on and on. The Rogue Bar, just the list never ends. Well, yeah, um, because, I mean, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah. I don't think that you're required to sell tickets, and you're not given laminated whatever to sell, and I just said the same thing twice, but... um. The original games changed. Yeah, there's still pre-sale ticket stuff happening. There and is. I have even seen um, a couple of the homies have had shows recently and they're pushing like the, yo, we're going to be cruising around all day Saturday delivering tickets thing. So it's like, oh, but I think it's for people. Cause how, how old are you? I'm 29. Okay. So I'm 34. So I think it's like a little bit of a nostalgia thing. For people in that age group, because it's like, ooh, remember when that used to be a thing? So they're bringing it back, which is exciting. Is it I exciting? Miss, I mean, am I trying to get my band on that show to do that? Yeah. Not necessarily. And I appreciate it, and I think it's like, and I think it's fun and positive. 
Um, it's just hard to sell tickets to the same people every time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But the goal is to obviously gain fans mm-hmm. and hopefully they want to buy tickets from you and mm-hmm. maybe to them it's a big deal like oh Haley came to my house and delivered tickets and that made me feel special that's the goal right yes. <laughs> but like I said you can only sell tickets to your friends and family so many times before they're like we've seen this five times before yeah it's definitely it needs to be strategy involved um Cause yeah, it is. It's the market is big here, but like it's not. It's not that big. Mm-hmm. And there's usually multiple shows going on in one night, and it's like, yeah, there's only there's only so many people. <laughs> it's it's an interesting scene, but yeah, but Arizona is surprisingly, I think, a pretty good market. Oh yeah, and we're very spoiled with bands, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you listen to uh, the main? At all? No, not like actively, but okay. I know who that is. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, th- I think they're one of the bigger bands that have come out of Arizona. Oh, yeah, And, for and sure. I think still live here for the most part, but like they just came out with a, a record uh, two or three weeks ago, and it's like, I feel like every record continues to get better. Nice. And I wasn't really into them until a few years ago, but but then it was like, oh, these guys live here, and... I've met him a couple times and it, it, it is cool to be like, Oh, you don't have to go move to LA or Nashville. Like oh, you can no, be out of a yeah. random state and still quote unquote make it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Internet. Has the internet game made it easier or harder mm. to push your own music? Man, the hard-hitting questions. I haven't even had coffee today. <laughs> what time is it? It's three. I'm not on the early train yeah, like no. you. I'm on the late night, night what owl time train. Are you up till? Sorry? What time are you usually up till? Like morning hours? Like between midnight and two. Okay. I think midnight's acceptable. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not acceptable, but I'm just saying... It's nice to be awake and functioning by like eight, but it's usually yeah. more... On the 2 a.m. side for okay. me. Yeah. Okay. But I get that because when you're always playing late night gigs. Yeah. I was there at one point. I'm just skirting, skirting that last question because it broke my brain. <laughs> I don't want to think about the internet anymore. <laughs> well, I, it's just for me, I was talking to, to Kyle on the last podcast about this and how... It's definitely made it easier to get your content out, obviously. The potential is easier, I would say. Yes. But just the number of bands and artists that exist now be- yeah, it's because of how saturated. easy it is. Yeah. I don't even know if you can use saturated as a word because it's so bonkers. Oh, yeah. There's so many acts out there. And it's like, how do you com- how do you compete? I mean, you hope that you don't have to compete, but with the amount of people that are able to record music and release it now, you gotta know that there's several similar to yourself, probably, to anybody. Yeah, um, one of my um, bandmates years back who helped me with some management stuff, he told me, he's like, if you can just find your kind of niche audience or your niche market 
And if you're running it as a business and like it needs to be profitable, he's like, just do the math. Like how many people a month do you need to spend whatever, let's say like 20 to 30 bucks for you to live off of that. And then you just over time, just consistently just like build one person at a time. You build that community. Mm -hmm. And like and that's like I think that to me, that feels attainable if I wanted to like decide to put the energy into that. Um, and I think I just, I ignore the social media game sometimes because I feel super content. Like I'm literally making a living singing and sometimes I'm like, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. This is enough. And like, that's, so I tried, sometimes I try to force myself to break out of that, but sometimes like it is enough. It can totally just be enough. And like, I've write original music and like I'm never gonna not be writing it and recording it and performing it but it's like I don't know how much I have in me to like do the song and dance sometimes to like get people I don't know that's like that's the hard part always is like that that balance for me so but being able to realize when it's enough is super important. Yeah. Because we're always chasing more success, more followers, more income, more mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And that's a very exhausting way to live. Yeah. And that's where I was for a long time. Um, even up until somewhat recently in the past couple of years and, and, this summer was a this summer was a big eye opener for me, just because it's like one of the slowest summers I've had in a long time. Same. I mean, COVID obviously affected that, but um, I mean, in 2020, obviously. But it's just it's been very very slow, as you yeah. said, and so taking the time when you have it, as long as you can put food on your plate table, whatever mm-hmm. the saying is. Um, <laughs> food on your plate. I think both are fine. Yeah, you could get a bowl involved or like a TV <laughs> tray, breakfast uh, in bed tray. There I don't you know. go. Yeah, either one. Food is just kind of to important in, yeah. in, in general. Just, yeah. Uh, but just as long as you have what you need, it's like okay. I we can be lucky in the fact that we don't have to necessarily work an eight-hour day. Mm-hmm. Yes, setting up, playing for three or four hours, hopefully only two to three hours, loading up, like, yes, you're going to have usually a four to five hour day, Mm -hmm. okay? But typically, we can make around the same amount in a gig in those amount of hours as most people at a desk job make in their eight hour day, Mm -hmm. eight to ten hour day. Um, so, So when you do realize that and you're like, okay, I have five gigs this week and I'm going to make X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to just see that maybe, like I keep a very strict spreadsheet of monthly income because it's important for me to see like, I'm really not feeling playing this gig coming up this weekend. Am I able to swap it out? Oh, mm-hmm. let me look at my, and I, I literally do this. Uh, let me look at my my spreadsheet and be like, oh, I can definitely afford to do that. Yeah. You know? Or like, this is a pretty light month. I need to like, really buckle down and and work as much as I can. Yeah. And, but being able, but when you can slow down, it's pretty good feeling. 
Well, even having the flexibility to kind of flex, again, we're repeating like crazy, but just to like make, to be able to make that decision every month is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like it's such, it's so wonderful. Yeah. I mean, during uh, winter when it's like, oh, it's Monday, I'm going to go skiing up in Flagstaff or whatever for a day. It's like, I don't, I don't have to call my boss. Yeah. Hey, can I have a sick day? Can I have the day off? It's like, oh, yeah. do I have much going on? No, I'm going to go. So that that is what's so nice about having the flexibility as as artists and musicians to do that. Oh, for sure. But man, it's a hard business. Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, the grass is always greener and there's good sides and bad things. And being your own boss is not always enjoyable for me like just from a mental health perspective like it's just like all the pressure is on me to get all the things done and there's nobody like you know checking in with me every day and it's just like so sometimes it's a lot to like hold yourself accountable especially to like run a business with a whole bunch of other people depending on you Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's hard and sometimes I miss PTO and Office, so you have had a full-time office job potlucks. Before. Yeah, I did corporate um, executive assistant stuff for years. Um, and then I've always had like side hustles and done retail and garden centers and um, shout out to Strawberry Hedgehog, vegan bath and body in downtown Phoenix. I worked there for a few years. Um, it's called Strawberry Hedgehog? Yes, it is the best soap and body care products in the whole world. Cool. And it's all vegan. Mm-hmm. It's all vegan. It's all handmade. Why is soap not vegan? <laughs> um, traditionally, it is made um, with some kind of animal byproduct. I think it's like fat that causes the suds. Ew. Um, the other scary thing, I won't go on a huge rant about it, um, but just a scary thing I learned from working for her is that anything labeled fragrance is a huge question mark. It can be literally any substance on the planet. It like super sketchy stuff for you so fragrance is kind of scary just do some googling like cologne perfume body Mm -hmm. spray anything so if it's not labeled as an essential oil then it's like it could just be any weird cocktail stuff it's it's pretty scary so everything she uses is all plant-based products all essential oils so that just guarantees that like it is literally all from the earth. And so when it seeps back into the dirt, like everything, it's all the natural. shampoo, all the soap, all the laundry detergent, everything we use that has fragrance in it is just like, it's kind of crazy. Um, Did you guys sell laundry soap, everything? Um, she was making her own laundry soap. Um, I think she, she might have a recipe on her website for it. Um, but her main product is um, bar soap. Then she does a bunch of essential oil, like, Um, roll-ons. She has this killer whipped body cream. Um, Another product called a pain soother stick that has some different, like, minty stuff in it and birch oil. And it's, like, ice. It's, like, ice cold, just, like, instant pain relief. mint shampoo. I take it when we go to play Flagstaff with the band and we wake up in the band room at the Monty V and everyone is, like, dying in the bunk beds. I go around and I smear this minty oil on everyone's foreheads. The room no longer smells like, you know, bad decisions and a, <laughs> and a five piece band in a tiny room. And is this four other dudes stale besides beer? you? Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Um, Stale beer. My boys. And then, yeah, everyone can get out of bed and function. Hmm. So, strawberryhedgehog.com, y'all. That's cool. I do like that. I love you, Tracy. A good minty... Spearmint, whatever it is, shampoo. I'll get you a sampler box Yo. for you and your wife of Yo. some some products. What is that called though? That the 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 cooling shampoo. Um, is it mint? No. Wait, what? You know, like some shampoos, something oil. Oh, you're thinking like tea tree. Yeah. Yeah. Is that natural? Yeah. It's yes. Tea yeah. Tree. yeah. Tracy has a tea tree rosemary soap. Mm. That is my favorite. It feels very good on the scalp. Mm-hmm. It's nice and cooling. It's like right. it's like rubbing icy hot on your head. I'll hook you guys up. I get everyone gets soap for presents for me now for like Ooh. years. So welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, I have an event to go to, and I have to leave in like twenty minutes. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And um, it was a roller coaster of a conversation. That's how every one of these are. <laughs> so, it feels and sounds weird in the moment. When you listen to it back, it just sounds like a podcast. Listen to us go. About dogs and soaps. Mm-hmm. I know there's a therapy. Oh, social um, media. Make AI. a therapy appointment. Oh, do you want to do you. it right now on the podcast? Don't do that. It's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> she doesn't answer. She, he doesn't answer. <laughs> it could be really bad. So, uh, uh, socials. I know. I know it's a sensitive topic, but oh, so people geez. can find you. Uh, I believe everything now is Haley Green sings. It's H A L E Y. That's green, important. like the color, and then sings. Like so, sings. Yeah, please follow me on all those channels, so I will be pressured to post content. But you will have by boundaries. the people for the people. I will have boundaries. Okay, good. Well, yes. this has been great exposure. By Groove Booking. This is Haley Green. See you next time. Bye. Look up.